What's up, quality people? Welcome back to the Faith and Beyond show, where we dive deep into people's faith walks. Today, we're going to get into someone special. We have Janae Stinchcomb here. Say hey, Janae. I can't hear you. Okay, try again. Hello? Yes. We got you. Okay. So, yeah, say hey. (laughs) Hey, Quality, and thank you, Kenya, for inviting me to your podcast. Such an honor, truly. Absolutely. So, for those (laughs) that don't know, we went to high school together, and we've been following each other since then, so that's like six, seven years, and this is like our first time, like talking since then too so that's it's really cool because we were like catching up before the show and everything um so before we start off I just want to say Janae is like one of the most consistent and down-to-earth people that I know and that I follow on Instagram actually (laughs) so can we start off talking about a little bit about you yeah of course yeah I'll share like a little bit about my testimony um, so I pretty much grew up in a uh, Christian home. And so my parents was a meeting of planning seated in me and my brother. Um, but I didn't really understand who Christ was and like what pretty much what he's all about until I was 16. So I gave my life to Christ. And since then, I was like speaking at church functions. And I remember in high school, I was a president of a prayer club group at, um, and veterans in Georgia. And uh, since then, I I was just on fire for the Lord. But once I went to college is kind of when my faith got like really tested. So my first year of college was actually pretty good um, until my dad actually lost his job. So uh, the second year of college, I went to a community college. And that's when I kind of surround myself with a community who loves to party and drink. And for me, who didn't have any friends at that time, that's who literally was my community. So I really started to walk away from Christ. And everything I thought biblically was being transformed into what society wants me to believe. So my third year, I went back to Liberty University. and. I, so the thing about Liberty, you can't party. You can get suspended or expelled at Liberty. Um, Best luck, you do like community service. So, um, but I was very determined. I still want to party because in my head, I was thinking my college years, I have so much partying in me. I need to get out of my system. But (laughs) I was actually putting a party in my system. So, Ooh, and that was really, I, yeah, that was an eye opener once I left that community, but yeah, so I was very determined and a lot of things that I experienced and things I seen in the party scenes and, um, like me, I was still a part of, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of things that was happening. And then one day I got really weird hurt by a guy and, uh, I remember I was in my 
I was in my apartment and I asked God, like, can I come home? Because it was so much that I was experiencing that I shouldn't, that the things that my parents warned me, people that was in the same situation, they warned me and I experienced it. So I rededicated my life to Christ that day. And then a week later, that's when I met my husband. And so, and so it's really funny because I wasn't the greatest person to date at that time. Uh, there was a lot of healing. I give my husband props because he was a godly man. I was not in the beginning. Those things that I thought was okay. Like for example, um, I thought, I thought it was okay to text the person that you slept with. And, uh, <laughs> and he was just like, what? Like, you can't do that. And cause that, I didn't know how much I was damaging him. I was hurting him. And to me, I was like, you have to chill. Like, this is what, this is normal. Um, I remember I dated guys, they would watch porn. And I was like, I don't like you to do that. And it was like, well, you want me to cheat on you instead? Like, this will help me not to cheat. And in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, that is better. So, but, oh, man. Um, but that's, yeah, literally. Like, I was like, why, why did I let this happen? So why was I with that guy? Um, but I thought it was okay. And I thought I was normal. Everybody talked about it. Um, and so, but he reassured me all the stuff that I thought biblically, he was like, I want that back in you. I want you to be who God wants you to be, like crazy to be. And, um, I was slowly getting there. I was slowly getting back to that. And I would say my walk really began when I was 21. So I started, I, well, I would say I graduated from Liberty University and a degree in social media. I really loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, I moved to Richmond. So I guess I never explained, like, since I left the party scene, I was really lonely. I did not have any friends. Even my Christian roommates, they were, since I got saved, they did not want to be my friend, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, but I moved. I moved to Richmond and I met a really great friend while I was working in retail and she introduced me to a house church and it was the first time where they really sharpened my iron. They want me to challenge the word. They want me to, um, like, how do I apply it? Like, are you applying the word? Like, how's your heart been? And they really pushed me to get closer to God. And it was, I, and I can do the same thing to them. I can ask them, I can push them to for their relationship with Christ. And ever since that day, like having that community, I, I still talk to them to this day. I still talk to them to this day. And I realized what friendship, like what is friendship was really like. And um, my husband, he got a job in Raleigh. So that's where I am right now. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, I'm going there tomorrow. <laughs> Are you serious? Or on Friday. Girl, my I'm, whole day I'm going is down great. on Friday. Okay, okay. We gotta hang because I have a whole day. That's we can we can do something that day. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> that's cool. so funny. That'd be cool. Um, but my <laughs> husband got a job in Raleigh, which he got a promotion to in Raleigh. And um at the time I was working remotely. So I <laughs> I was like, sure, let's go. So 
I did that and then I left to work in a church to do social media. And then now I am a stay home mom, pregnant mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and it's been right now, I'm just seeing how much God has been providing. And it's really cool to see the works, the seeing the promise I'm unveiling. Um, so it's been really good. That sounds good. That sounds so good. Yeah. Okay, well, let's dive in to the first topic a little bit more, which Mm -hmm. is the testimony. So you said that after you rededicated your life, you met your husband. Yes. How was he able to stay stay so patient with like your growing process back into the Lord? So. I would say that God really prepared him for me. Um, one of the things that he asked me, it was to me at, at the time, I was like, whoa, this is too early. Like, I am going to scare him away. <laughs> but it was such, it was such neat. He asked me, what is your testimony? And I shared everything, every trauma I experienced, every, like what I was struggling with. and. I was like, I just gave my life back to Christ like a week ago before you met me. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a lot. I had a lot of burden. And he I, he didn't tell me at this time, but his mindset was God told him I was going to be his wife. and wow. But he didn't want to scare me away with yeah. that. <laughs> so, um, and that's been... That's how he really was patient because God was telling him not to give up on me, um, keep pursuing this. And I, I was difficult. I was so difficult to be with. Um, but once I got my footing and got my, like I started to see who I was before the world told me who I was, um, who I am before the world told me who I supposed to be. There we go. That's a bar. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how he's been really patient. It's just God has been telling him, reassuring him that I am his wife and everything was going to work out. So cute. So so with the, going from the bad guys to going to who your husband is now, what has that Mm -hmm. transition been like? It's a huge game changer. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a huge game changer. Um, I learned what unconditional love looks like. Um, my dad has been great, but when they say that um your husband would have personality like your dad, like he my husband does. Like, for example, I don't like picking up bugs. <laughs> he pick <laughs> up all the bugs in the house and it's great. Perfect. Um and there's certain things that, um, like I had a depression, um, in my first trimester and I, the things that my dad would do with my mom and how my dad do with me, like he did exactly that. He was patient. He was kind, but the guys, the bad guys I was dating, he, they would never do what he would do. They would demand sex. Like we need to have sex right now because I'm going to cheat on you. or we, I'm going to hang out with this girl and you need to be cool with it. Cause if you're not cool with it, you're crazy. Like I'm the crazy chick that not supposed to, 
um, feel a certain kind of way or it just like it's just a huge difference how they talk to me than how my husband talks to me how their approach his approach was godly um there was no patience there was no kindness there was selfishness oh, I was just about to rank up that verse too <laughs> oh really yeah yeah that, first corinthians 13 that's, 4 that's one yes girl and that's one of the things that I want to teach my daughter is when you have, uh, like, when you start dating, do they align these things? Are they kind? Are they yeah. patient? Are, like, do they follow that line? If they miss one, they're not the one. If they're patient but they're selfish, they're not the one. Like, <laughs> so it's supposed to be, like, God is, God, um, how do I put it? God knows already know who is your husband. God already knows who's your wife. And um, they will match that scripture perfectly for you. And and then when they don't, they're not, they're just not the one. <laughs> and so, Simple enough. Yeah, especially the bad guys. Especially the bad guys. Okay, I think we can move on to our next topic, which is staying true to your character and devotion to God. So I actually learned something new. Like, I didn't know you went through a parting phase and that you did, like, lose your faith for a little bit. So for someone who, you know, went into co- is going into college and is like, oh, Like, what advice would you give them in order to not go on that same path that me and you went on? (laughs) In your system? That is is not true. You do not have party in your system. Um, When you put that, when you put that in your system, it's hard, it's so hard to get out. Um, So to the advice I would really give is know who you are um, before going to God. Put practices in place. Like, bend, you have to stay in the word and stay in that prayer time. And also find a community. And I think that's the hardest thing. Even though I went to a Christian school, um, my first year of college, it was so hard to find that community. But when you pray for that, God will provide that community. He will show you that church home you need. Mm-hmm. He will show you those friends you need in your life. Um, and that's the one thing I wish I did. I didn't really pray for that because I was enjoying. I I want to follow my own path. Before the party phase, I was like, I know myself better. Mm-hmm. So let me, this girl's really nice. Even though she does this on the weekend and she invited me, but she's so nice like she's the one who want to hang out with me but and it's fine but you have to make sure you're not yoked like I know to say like equally yoked like you have to be really careful who you surround yourself um kind of they said something like too where in, even in a business world when you're around successful people you become successful too when you're around people who complain people who um like want to be lazy you gonna adapt that habit as well so yeah like something my dad would always tell us growing up would be like 
Watch who you surround you with because, you know, crabs in a barrel, like who you are, who you hang around. And if they're going to do crazy stuff, you're probably going to do crazy stuff, too. So that's very good advice. Exactly. Exactly. Because it travels. It's it definitely will travel. Yeah, for sure. Was there like a point when you, I guess, were partying where you were like, well, you told I think you told me something. Really, but was there a point where you were like, "Okay, this isn't for me anymore. Like, this is weird. I'm not supposed to be here." Girl, I still want to party. Like, <laughs> like, if, I mean, because it was it was fun. It's fun. Um, sin is meant to be fun. So, um, if I know for that at that point. I felt so overwhelmed, um, just my environment and seeing girls taken advantage to be taken advantage of and seeing the guys like who like even the guys who hurt me, um, like um, they would grab me or something. It's I was like, this is not the path I want to go on, and this is not the path that is. Like pretty much like is isn't for me. Um, and I saw myself losing myself. I felt crazy because there was so much more into. I think he knows too. Like there was so much more into that parting. It was definitely um, the enemy was so there. Like he yeah, appeared prevalent. He was yeah, yeah. And I feel like if you're not open to see it, of course you're good. But once you're once like opened your eyes to be like oh whoa what was that like that yeah. was the enemy and he is smiling he's like this is what i got her and mm-hmm. i don't know i i did learn to like the enemy is like we're god's kids and and god is he his heart is so broken watching his kid and then the enemy is like thinking i got them like I'm I'm doing this because I want to hurt God and I want you to come with me to a place that you deserve quotation mark in his in the enemy's mind. Like you deserve. But God never stopped chasing us. God never did. Um and I saw that redeem, that redemption, that grace and that mercy, and God just opened his arms back open, like come home. Mm-hmm. You're more welcome to come home. So, and since you yeah. said sin was fun, what is better about righteousness? There is no bondage. I am completely free. So, um, that's the one thing um, that I learned. When you with sin, yes, it looks fun. Uh, yes, it is fun. Sin is supposed to be fun. Um, but there's a bondage because once you leave that sin, you want more of it. Like you want to be pulled in because that was the only, I guess to me, it was my only high. It was my only high that time. So it was like drawing me back in. But when you have righteousness, you have freedom and that living spirit is there internally. It fulfills that hole, those holes that you desire. Like, 
I know I want to be noticed. I want to be, I want to be, I was a people pleaser in parties. And like, if that guy can chug down that, those two can of beers, I'm chugging down three. Cause I, cause girl, (laughs) I can do that. And, but I want to be, I want to be like the rock star of the party. Like I want to be known, but when you have righteousness, when you have that, Ooh, when you have that freedom, um, that liberty, you're already known from God. Like God already known you. God said you're worth to be known. So I'm gonna get to know you. And he fulfilled that God that is everlasting. And nothing like you feel so unshakable. You have that unshakable confidence that people desire. So that's what I would say about righteousness. I like it. We can go on to our next topic, which is dealing with temptation, which I think goes hand in hand with the partying and sin. Um, If it's too personal, just let me know and we can move on. (laughs) But did you happen to save yourself for marriage? not um but i (laughs) yes um sorry sorry um my husband waited to marriage i didn't Mm -hmm. um my friend told me that you get a lot of confidence you feel as a woman we feel empowered when we sleep around because they're trophies um people see everyone as trophies but little did I know I was putting things in my spirit that I never had problems before like pornography that was one of my struggles um but that guy who had that porn addiction became my addiction too so I, I was putting so many things in me that um that was hard and it's still hard to this day um I it's yeah it's hard down temptation is hard and the enemy will use that over me but i will say sometimes once you're safe and i will say this to people who if you didn't party you can be the best church girl in your people's mind and church um you have this thing where you want to be perfect to prove people either you change or you would never do that or um, you would never go back to that. So it's just like the idea, like the law. You have the law coming in of um, if I do these things, I am perfect and God would never punish me because I am perfect and I would never do or go back to those things. So um, that's some of the things that the enemy was always trying to put that over my head. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's actually a very similar situation to me um, in terms of, I think it's funny, because like in high school, I was like, I'm saving myself to marriage. And then college comes, <laughs> and it's like a a brick wall that you hit. So it's like, yeah, yeah I completely understand what you're saying and everything like that. So 
after meeting your husband and what was that like going from not doing anything to, I mean, going from doing stuff to not doing anything? And like, how did you deal with that temptation? It was hard. I was trying to get my husband to sleep with me before marriage. And he was like, no, (laughs) I really tried. I tried, girl. I really did. Because I was so stuck in that mind. I was like, I need to test this before anything works out. (laughs) But Test drive um, the car. Yeah, test drive the car. That was the thing that society would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But once I... Well, my husband was very, again, he was a man of God. He stood his ground. He was like, no. He's, he told me, if I have sex with you, I'm going to lose you. And that's what God told me. I'm not going to have you as a wife, as, as have you as my wife. And that made me stop because <laughs> the father appeared to him. And yeah. he, God knew I wasn't going to be strong enough to say no so um that was as that was hard for me and I'm very sure for him too because God made woman beautiful and um probably was hard for him too but he really stood his grounds of saying no to me multiple times and um and I think doing that I rededicate myself as a virgin. I, so when other people ask me, like, and it's so funny, when other people ask me this question, I'd be like, yes, I'm a virgin. Because to God, I am. And so um, it's really interesting, the transition of the dirty glass of water into purity. And God has claimed that, yeah, she's pure. Because he really, he doesn't put that on us anymore. So, and it's, how do I put it? Like, I remember, yeah, so a lot, some people do, did ask me. I was like, yeah, I am, I am a virgin. Because God said I am. And at, again, at the end of the day, it's really what God thinks of me, not with other. And I don't need to justify if I am or not before marriage. Yeah, between you and God. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next topic about making friends who are like-minded that we talked about a little earlier. Yeah. So you said you, when you first became a Christian, um, basically your Christian friends weren't your friends anymore and you felt very lonely. And the way, and then eventually, you know, you got invited to the house church. And yeah, so how do you go about making friends? Because I know you said earlier on, you weren't really praying about it. So did you eventually make the transition to start praying about it? And I remember, sorry, too, Can you like, start over? Want... yeah, of course. Can you be okay? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so I was really lonely. I was super lonely. And, um, but I wasn't desperate enough where I 
want to go back to those friends because again it wasn't me anymore and I knew the, temp- the temptation I would have around those people at the time um and yeah and that's what my mom always told me she said Janae if you pray for fr- friends he will lead you that he will provide you that so and that's what I started doing I was like God I, I need to have that community I want to have girlfriends that can really help me and that, that can understand me and not judge me. And working at Maywell, it was actually a funny story. So I work at Maywell in Richmond. Um, and <laughs> she, I love her so much. So she was sharing a, a camp story. And just by like the words she was saying, I knew she was a Christian. And I was like, are you a Christian? Because in Richmond, it felt like it was rare to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Yes. And I can tell that she was confident, but timid. I can tell, you don't know how I'm going to respond to that, like a stranger. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a Christian too. Um, Can we hang out? And ever since then, we've been hanging out and she invited me to her house church. So God really led me. And we always talk about, about it, how how God led me to Maywell, because I was working at a different job and it was really toxic. And that Nets job working at Maywell. Um, they called me um for an interview and I didn't respond until two weeks later. So this was already in God's plan for me to meet her because I needed that community. And God, and then I was just like, okay, let's let's do it. And God made it happen. Once I said yes, everything sets in motion. Like us having that same shift as talking that story it all fell into into play and all I had to do is just say yes and listen and obey because when I don't I delay the promise like I still have the promise yeah yeah (laughs) it's like we still have the promise we just kept delaying it so all I had to do is just say yes and take that chance and that's how we that's how my friends came to be and what exactly were you looking for, like, in a friend? Because there are people that are say, that will say, oh, I'm a Christian, but their actions don't reflect that they're a Christian. So what qualities yeah. are you kind of looking for? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I know for me at that time when I met, when I was meeting Christian friends, it was more so they were trying to save me than them trying to be my friend um for me recognizing that oh i'm a christian but i'm not really a christian i kind of just seen the action and lifestyle and i think coming from transition from that pricing you, you kind of already sees it you kind of already saw it um so like if they um definitely say one thing like biblically and then do the opposite it's like you know like <laughs> you know so I was quickly to find those kind of people, but it was really the people I was encountering, which is like, they're just trying to save me and everything was just like about me and I didn't know anything about them. And it was like, they were asking about my struggle and I'd be like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm struggling to be blunt. This is, I'm struggling with this, but I was like, Hey, how's your heart? How are you struggling? Like, are you struggling with anything? Mm -hmm. And they're like, 
No, okay. um, I have I have somebody. Um, I have a mentor <laughs> that I talk to, and I I'm not comfortable sharing that. And I was like, well, that's not a friendship. Oh, like, yeah. I'm trying to sharpen you too. Like, you 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 can't just sharpen me. I want to sharpen you until it's, it just turns into a mentorship that I don't really need at the time. I just needed a girlfriend that I can like rely. On. And it'd be like my same age. You're the same age as me. So like, <laughs> I know you're going through stuff. <laughs> I know, right? So it's like, it's just so mind blown of um, some Christian just want to just save. And it's like, no, there's people who are lost do want, when they desire that, that the truth, they do want a friendship as well. So, and that's why I felt like while I was walking, I was like, okay, like I am struggling. There's lots of I'm still healing from, but I still want a friend <laughs> that can just hang out and talk about just anything, like a Netflix show or something. So good that's point. been, yeah. Good point. <laughs> I never thought about that. But yeah, that's good. All right. And our last topic about motherhood and raising children. So you said that you are yeah. prego, and I am. How's that? How's that been? How do you feel about it? Yeah. Um. She. So I'm having a girl, and it's been such a blessing in disguise. Um. At first, when we first got married, I, me, and my husband was like, "We're not gonna have kids until." So I'm 23. Oh no, I'm, I just turned 24. Um, but I wasn't planning to have kids until I was like 26, 27, 28. But then she appeared. Um, I remember I prayed to God. I was like, God, I want you to challenge me. <laughs> and he, yeah, I was like, I was like, I want you to set the atmosphere. Just do what you want. Like, I'm not gonna like departure and boom, pregnancy. <laughs> wow. I was like. I didn't ask for this, and it, it, it was an emotional battle, and, but once God put a label on her, like, I, we found out the gender, God shared, so I can tell you the meaning name, I can't tell you the name yet, but um, God told me the name will mean light, and it was funny. And I was thinking like, oh, God's going to share me the name. He's going to share me. But he told my husband the name um, Easter weekend. So it was oh, God wow. down across on Friday. And then Saturday night, um, he got the name. And then, you know, God rose from the dead. So it was just like mind blown. And I put a name and God was just sharing me so many visions and I felt the Holy Spirit in my stomach and um, like when and like Mary, Mary felt Jesus rejoicing when John the Baptist was yeah. like in Hannah's, I think her name was Hannah, <laughs> in Hannah's stomach. Um, and just, and I felt that same thing, like the Holy Spirit was in my stomach. So um because I was depressed in the beginning because just the hormones and I wasn't sure I was ready. I was just like, what if 
like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then God was just giving me breadcrumbs. He was like, you can, I trust you with this child. I trust you with my child. And I was like, I feel such honor, but I don't know, God, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like, I don't know, but she, it was, it's, she's a blessing. And I'm so excited for her to come and to this world and see what God has plans for her and how I make sure um, I'm planting seeds in her that, that God wants to direct. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of random right there. So how do you think you're going to instill the knowledge of God, knowledge of Christ in her? Yeah, so God actually showed me this book called Mama Mama Bear and Apologetics, I think. Oh yeah. And it's on my Amazon list for when Yes, <laughs> it's such a good book. And it, I think cuz the one thing I didn't want to do that they opened my eyes on was there's some parents they just look for Christian college or no, Christian schools or daycare. Send their girl off or go to church and you know, just letting people like feed into the kids and you tell them about Christ, right? But they, the kids don't know how to challenge the world biblically. And I just want to make sure that we, when we tell about Christ, like share about Christ, I want to have discussions um, about it because I, we live in an internet world, but like a social media world. There's people who are quoting BuzzFeed. <laughs> And like, yeah. or they read off of Twitter and they're like, this is true. And you think like, what? But there's some I fall for. It. I'm like, is that true? I think it is. Um, but um, but it's so funny because I think me and you growing up, people always say never trust the internet. But we yeah. live in society. <laughs> yeah, literally. And we live in, live in a society where we're, people are trusting the internet and we're trusting the internet um scientists say one thing but then they trying to adapt to the culture what what it's supposed to be um and so I would say like I want her to ask why and I want her to challenge like allow the worldviews biblically and instead of me just saying God is real and she's like okay and walk away like I want to have like discussions because there are going to be times where people are going to challenge her and saying is God real? And she's gonna, she may Google, is God real? And there's gonna be different gods. It's gonna be different conceptions, ideas. And that doesn't match. Like all the truth is here in the Bible. And the essence doesn't match that. Um, so, some searches, but, <laughs> um, but overall, if you look at the social media as a whole, it doesn't match the word. And um, I just want to make sure she really, like, I just want to have those discussions instead of just telling her what is, what it is, and then send her all. That is good. And I completely agree with you because yeah. I want to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely okay. get that book. It's really good. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. When the time comes, I, I will. And I will yes. oh, come yeah. talk to you yes. about it. <laughs> yes. Okay. And to close, 
You have two minutes left on earth. What is the last thing you would say to someone who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and who has not surrendered yet? I just gave it like a background because my great grandma did this actually to like, she's still alive, by the way, but she did this at a memorial um, party and she said, she's 94. And she said, I'm not going to be alive this long, but I'm going to let you know that Jesus loves you. And she went to every person of my family in the room, even my husband, and said, Jesus loves you. And I always, I always think about that moment. And if I have a chance to do that, I would tell him that Jesus loves you and you are worth dying for again and again. And some things that I also have been told, like I want to share that you are worth to be known. You, you are designed so perfect in God's eyes that you don't have to fossil for society. And so, and I think that's the things I really hit on is, um, is that, but really the whole thing is God loves you. Yahweh loves you. Yashu loves you. Like I want to put that over the life. Even if they don't accept God that moment, at least that seed is there and they're going to think about that. Um, Cause that's truth. And when you, and when people hear truth, it sticks with them. Whether they believe it or not, it sticks. So. That's good. Well, thank you, Janae, again, for coming on the podcast. It's very insightful. And I really, like, I really appreciate you coming. For real. No, yeah. Thank you for inviting me again. Yeah. Um, where can the people find you if they want to reach out to you? Oh my goodness, you guys are welcome to follow me at Janae Stinchcomb um, on Instagram. And uh, again, if you guys need to message me or anything about any question about motherhood, temptation, partying, like my DMs are always open and I love to chat. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. Remember to live godly, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. I've been looking outside with a flashlight. I was finding my way through the nightlife. I was thinking on God for the high life. I was using your love as a night.